what, it, what are we looking at? It's had two bits of fused, this, this joint and this joint, and a fusion means it's just impossible to physically bone, bend it. It's just like a solid bit of bone. As you can see, there is absolutely no way that's a solid bit of bone anymore. In fact, look at that, we're right the way over. And that wasn't doing that only two seconds ago. Wow. An hour and ten minutes ago, that, that was impossible. In the past 18 years, an impossibility. That, to move that. Do it yourself now. Do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Nick, this is your job, so so this is what you do, right? Yeah, so so I won't put the camera right in your face, but what? Uh, how long have you been doing this job? Um, I've been doing it on and off for about nine years. Nine years. And what's the title of your job? I'm a chiropractor. A ton and a quarter of metal fell on my hand, but the main impact was on that on, the, on this area here. <laughs> Draw around it again. This is the diagram of where it started. Started stage one. Let's have a look at stage two. Oh. <laughs> It's real. It's a real thing. Uh, well, good morning to you all. Uh, if we haven't met, I'm sorry that we haven't met. Do come and say hello at the end. Uh, my name is Chris, and together with my wife, Nick, who is leading kids this morning, we have the pleasure and privilege of leading Asher Vineyard. Uh, this morning is Church Planting Sunday. It should come up in just a second. Um, so it's a little bit different to normal. It's a morning where we celebrate, yes, church planting and talk a little bit about it. Just stir things up for people um, and uh, it'll all become clear. We've got some interviews coming up, that sort of thing. So church planting, it was an expression. Uh, it's, it, it's been around quite a while, but when we first came here, we would talk about church planting, and it doesn't really mean much to people, um, I have to say. So you always have to say, oh, we've come to start a church. And uh, normally people would say, so what do you start with, like a building? I mean, is that the first thing you do? And you're like, well, yes, if you're, um, if you're a church plant within um, the C of E, absolutely. Um, that's what they start you with. But uh, it's certainly not how it works in vineyards. You really just get a group of people together and you turn up somewhere. So... Church planting is going to a new area and bringing about God's plan A. That's probably about the best and simplest and most shorthand way I can say it. Going to a new area and bringing about God's plan A. You could say, but that's just anyone who knows and follows Jesus. They, they would do that, right? They'll go to a new area and they bring about God's plan A. Absolutely right. And the idea is of this is that you are being very intentional and you're deliberately looking to gather people together. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Go into all the world. Go is the key word and into all the world. So we're looking particularly at church planting this morning. We're going to be talking to some church planters, some people that we have in our midst who are planning on uh, planting, but probably the most famous church planter ever in the history of the world uh, is probably Paul. 
who wrote a number of the uh, letters, the books that are um, in the New Testament, in the latter sort of quarter or so of the Bible. So he planted some churches and then he would go off and then he would end up writing back to those churches. And thank goodness he did, because then we get hold of some of those uh, letters and they have made it uh, into the Bible. So uh, at great expense, I've managed to track down a couple of photos of Paul. Um, he is looking, look at that beard. That's a beard, isn't it? That is a beard. Uh, that is really quite something. I have no idea whether he actually did look like that, but um, I got it off his Facebook feed, so it must be, it must be true. Uh, and we managed, thankfully, to also capture a picture of him in action. There he is. It's an action shot of him, uh, of him speaking. We have no idea where. But what Paul did was he went on a number of journeys like this. So this is, this is a map. Um, a lot of those places won't mean so much to you. You have to really go by the shape of them. Crete's on there, Malta's on there, Turkey. Most of the bit kind of top right is Turkey. Um, and then you can see Italy because of the boot. You're like, oh, I recognize the shape, yes. Uh, but a lot of those places, their, their names have changed over a period of time. But you can see uh, down the right-hand side here, you can see Jerusalem, here, Tyre, Sidon, etc., Caesarea. So that is all, uh, that is all part of uh, Palestine, Israel, very, very contended for territory. We haven't got time to go into why right now. But you can see Paul's first journey was the white one. So he was just finding his sea legs and just trying a few things out with his first one. So um, eventually, his final journey is the red journey. And you can see he goes all the way across um, uh, via Malta as well and ends up going to Rome uh, and it's believed he died in Rome. We don't actually know for definite but it was likely that he was beheaded uh, for his faith. Quite a bit of commitment there. So these were the journeys that Paul did and what he did is he would turn up in a place and then he would start doing what John Wimber, who started uh, inadvertently started vineyard churches, he would start doing the stuff. So he would turn up in a place and he would start telling people about Jesus. And he would start telling people about um, Father God and how amazing he was and how good he was. And people would start listening. So Paul would turn up in a place and he would look at what are the people like here? How am I going to best be able to communicate with them, relate to them? Um, what, what's the best thing for me to do that means it, what I do connects with where they're at? So he would sort of, when I say study them, that sounds almost a bit creepy, but he would just notice and he would listen to what God is saying. And then he would start to talk to them. He would start to pray for people. Miracles would start to happen. So he would experience someone who's got um, a leg pain or something and he would pray for them and uh, invariably see them healed, etc. And then someone else would go, well, hang on a minute. I, I, I've got some arm pain. What do you like with arms? You know, and like, well, yeah, God's pretty good with arms too. So pray for them. And then they, they, couple, then they go and get their family members and, and whatever. And then Paul ends up saying, do you know what? This isn't, just like a, this isn't just like a trick. This is because God is so good. You want to know him, right? I mean, do you, do you want to know him? Yeah, no, we'd love to know him. Oh, well, in that case, um, let's just, just, just tell him you want to know him. Let's just say this quick prayer and, and, uh, and yeah, let's just get baptized. That's a really good thing to get baptized. Jesus, oh, I just love him. Could, could never say, just say his name. He always had to, oh, just having a moment uh, because he was so precious. Um, 
And eventually sort of a group of people would cluster together. And then guess what? They would then start doing all the things that Paul did. So they would start um, praying for people and, and they, you know, um, they would start talking to other people about Jesus. And so this group grew and, and it became known as church. That's what church became. That's what church was. That's what church was meant to be. There was never meant to be any building. As far as I know, there was no stained glass in sight. Um, there wasn't even a rotor. I know, I know, I know. What is this New Testament phenomenon you speak of? There was organisation, and increasingly as the church grew, there had to become a little bit of organisation, and we see some evidence of that in, if you read Acts, if you read Acts through, you start to pick up, oh yeah, no, no, there was some sort of semblance of organisation. They didn't have church suite, but um, they kind of managed anyway, which was really awesome. No GDPR, that's why. That's why it was so straightforward in those days. So straightforward. So that's what Paul did. Now, Paul didn't do it once. He didn't even do it twice. He would turn up in a place. He would spend time with them. A group of people would gather together. Then when he felt prompted by the Holy Spirit, he would move on somewhere else. He would appoint a couple of leaders and say, yeah, you seem quite leaderish. People seem to be following you. Uh, yeah, and you. I'm going to lay hands on you, pray for you. Um, you can be the kind of leaders. And they say, well, it really feels like the Holy Spirit's leading. And Paul says, good, perfect. And then he goes off somewhere else. Now, Paul planted at least 14 churches, at least 14, possibly as many as 20 churches. He just kept doing this. He just kept doing this. He'd stay in a place for a while, wait until there was enough of a, we often describe it when we're talking to church planters, we often describe it as getting enough snow together. I mean, if you want to make a snowman, if you want to make a decent snowman, I don't mean one of these mounds of snowman, but if you want to make a decent snowman, you have to get the snow together. You have to compact it first and get it big enough that you can start to roll it. Yeah, do you know that bit? Yes, you have made snowmen, haven't you? Yeah. Wow. I know we don't get a lot of snow, but uh, and then and when it's kind of big enough, you can put it down, then start to roll it. And like, uh, okay, now it starts to pick up some of its own momentum becomes a bit more straightforward. It's really at that point that Paul would say, yeah, you've got it from here, I'm off. That was what he was calling church. So we have this, it's a group of people who are in a relationship with, or exploring a relationship with, Father God, who wish to bring transformation in their locality. That's what we saw in the New Testament. That's what we saw in those times. There were people who were gathered together. There were people, it wasn't a clear in and out. Are you in our gang or are you not in our gang? There'll be loads of Klingons around the outside. There'll be loads of people who are doing this. Are you with us or not with us? Or I don't really know. Oh, that's fine. You stay there. I'm just looking at the moment. Okay. Yeah, no, my, my, my neighbor got their, uh, got their leg healed. Well, sounds a bit weird to me. I'm not really... Not really sure what to make of it at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so there wasn't really an in and an out, just like Nick talked about last week. So fantastically. And if you uh, didn't hear it, you weren't here for it. Honestly, you should get the podcast. It's like a masterclass in explaining centered set and bounded set models of doing church. And so it was a group of people and remains a group of people who are in relationship with or exploring a relationship with Father God who wish to bring about God's plan A in where they are. That's what we are. Right? Hopefully you recognize us in that description. Hopefully you recognize some other churches too in that description. But that's, that's what we're meant to be, a group of people. What do you mean by a group of people? I don't, I, I don't know. What do you think a group of people looks like? 
You'll have the people who are sort of right there in the thick of it and they give loads of hours and there are other people who haven't got as much time but they're like, oh, I just want to come along whenever I can and, you know, I want to be a part of this and um, I'm, I'm loving what's going on and I feel encouraged when I come along and I love to come along because I've spent just enough time with Father God to realise that when you love, you want to give and you just want to serve other people and you just want to bless them and you just want to make their day and you just want to help out and, and this is what church planters do. How exactly how church planters plant varies because they go to that area and go, what, what needs to happen around here? What does it look like? When Nick and I were looking to plant, I mean, we planted eight and a half years ago, but when we were looking to plant more like 10 years ago, someone very wisely said to us, you need to plant a church that you want to be a part of. You thought, well, that feels a bit selfish, really, that I want to be a part of. And then they said, well, if you don't want to be a part of it, how are you ever going to persuade anyone else to want to be a part of it? If you don't even want to be a part of it, oh, yeah, no, fair. So churches vary enormously, and church plants vary enormously. Even within vineyard, church plants vary enormously. But essentially, it's a group of people who are in a relationship with God or have some people around who just aren't quite sure yet, but they're exploring, but they long to bring transformation to their locality. They long to bring transformation in their workplace. They want to bring transformation in their families. They want things to be different. They ache for things to be different to how they are, and they ache for things to be how God wants them to be. We call that his kingdom coming. That's what God's kingdom coming is. Interestingly, I'm at a school tomorrow morning doing an assembly. That's not interesting. But the theme I've been given is thankfully a good one. Thy kingdom come. <sighs> jackpot. I've had to put up with some really random themes. And finally, I've hit the jackpot and I can do thy kingdom come. And it's going to be straight. I've already planned it in my head what I'm going to do. I'm going to say to the kids, these are five to 11-year-olds. We're going to talk about what does an ideal life look like? What, what, what would the best thing be in your life? And we're going to have to get through, you know, I live with a load of unicorns and some of the random stuff, but that's okay. We can work through Unicorn Central and some of those things. But what does that actually, what does that look like? And eventually they'll get, well, we don't really want sickness. You don't really want people who've got lack and we want people who are incredibly kind and generous and, and, and thoughtful and their lives are being changed and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this, wow, amazing. This sounds like the kingdom coming. Let's have a bit of a look at what Jesus did. So this, it's, it's a very exciting thing to have the chance to go and church plant. It isn't for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. And nor is it above other things. It's not more important than other things. Uh, you very quickly learn and you will hear when we interview these guys in a minute that you are the project and, and that is as painful as anything else. So just very quickly, we're about to watch um, a VC UKI, that's Vineyard Churches UK in Ireland, video for Church Planting Sunday. But there, there are currently 139 vineyard churches in the UK. Some are multi-site. So Catalyst Church in Aberdeen have got nine sites. And all these churches started because someone felt called or asked or told or whatever language you want to use by God. They felt from God that they should be going to a new place and starting a church, whatever that looks like. So we're just going to cut to this, uh, going to cut to this video. It's about six or seven minutes. Hi. 
Hi, my name's James and I head up the church planting team with my wife, Jen. The Vineyard Movement's been established for just over 40 years and during that time period, it's seen 2,600 churches planted. That is a really great start, but we can't afford to take our foot off the pedal. We are a church planting movement. That's part of our DNA and it's who we are. Many of you sitting in churches today will be there and have come to faith because somebody planted a church. Somebody was willing to start a new community. Somebody heard from the Lord the call and said, you know what, I'm up for it, I'm willing to go. And so your story is part of that church being planted. And the truth is, as life goes by, it's, it's easy to settle. It's easy to just go, oh, do you know what? I want an easy life. But as I look at the gospels, I see this amazing picture of a dynamic and pioneering bunch of Jesus followers who would do whatever it takes to see people come to faith. Their heart was absolutely broken for lost people. That they, they long for them to experience relationship and intimacy with the Lord. The best way to reach people is to plant churches. Planting churches changes lives. Planting churches rewrites stories. And I'd love you just to hear a couple of stories of lives that have been changed. I came to Cardiff as a student and I was determined to build a successful career and meet the one. And I didn't know Jesus at that time and I was extremely insecure and felt quite lost. I eventually was brought along to church by a wonderful friend who had kept praying for me, really persevering. We had lots of late night chats about Jesus. I came to the local vineyard and I just felt like I had come home and I met Jesus and he completely changed my life and just gave me a security, an identity and a purpose. Then about a year later at the Cause to Live For conference, God spoke to me really clearly about sacrificing the career that I had set up for myself in my mind and instead choosing to do the discipleship year and pursue him and his church. So I set upon that journey, not knowing what that was going to look like, but determined to just follow him and give him my yes. And now, several years down the line, my husband and I have just launched a site of our church. And that's really because we want to see more lost people come to know Jesus. When I went to a newcomers event, the senior pastors of my church, Jen, said, I don't know if I'd be a Christian if John and Debbie hadn't planted a church. And the same is true for me. I don't know if I would be a Christian. I don't know if I'd know Jesus if they hadn't taken that step of faith and planted a church. So really, when God put this call on my heart to launch a site, it is all about reaching lost people for Jesus. So back in 2012, uh, my wife and I, we moved to Bath to plant a new vineyard church. I remember vividly right at the beginning, we were meeting um, in a local pub right in the early days, uh, almost in our second meeting. And um, this chap named Sam, he came to faith um, or began his journey of faith um, in that moment uh, where he encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time. And he kind of got swept up uh, both in pursuing Jesus, um, but also in this journey of a, a, a new community forming. And um, he came to, to faith probably uh, three to four months into it, he got involved with our, our, uh, one of our small groups. Over the coming years, he uh, led small groups and served and really carried everything about us as a community. Fast forward six years and um, we were announcing to our leaders that we would be planting our first church. We had a couple, Jamie and Kath Brayford, who had come and joined us and um, they, they come to train and they come to the end of their training and we knew that they were, that God was speaking, they were going to be planting in Liverpool. 
And so we were announcing it to our leaders um, and just literally celebrating it and inviting anyone in our community that, that may want to go on that journey or be part of that journey to, to consider it. Well, two, day, two days later, or around about then, I remember getting a phone call from Sam and I saw, as soon as it came up on my phone, I knew that, that, it was, that they were thinking about going. And um, they came around for dinner um, and we sat and we chatted and immediately they said, look, we feel like God is saying we've got to go. Uh, we've been looking, we've been sensing a stirring for a new adventure. And when Jamie and Kath mentioned it, uh, and they mentioned the city, we were like, we've got to be part of this. So there was a heavy heart, just because Sam had been the first fruits of our community. And I, I love that. Um, but we knew they, they, they were going to go. And so he, I said, what's your plan? And he said, well, we don't really have a plan. We're going to be, we're going to be putting our resignation, our, our notice into our jobs. And we're going to move in faith. We believe God's going to provide for all that we need. And we we're like, sure do it anyway they left that evening and I just still remember sitting there still really heavy-hearted no one wanted to celebrate but also being heavy-hearted and um, I felt like Jesus just nudged me at that moment and he said look when you when you travel down that M5 uh, on the way to Bath when you move to to plant this church if I said to you that the first disciples that are going to come out of this community were going to be the ones that would be willing to give up their jobs and move across the country to a new city to plant, to be part of planting a new church. What would you say? And suddenly in that moment, I had that realization of like, oh my word, this is exactly what we're about. This is exactly what, what a vineyard church is about. It's a church that gathers and sees God create disciples who want to see more and are willing to go when Jesus says go. And so my heart went from being heavy to being just overwhelmed and remind and it reminded Flick and I and we hold this now dearly is this is in our DNA that we are to we are to see disciples that grow as part of our community that when Jesus says go they can't but but go they will they have to go and they're willing to give up everything to follow him those are amazing stories Every single one of you sat in a vineyard church right now is there because somebody had an audacious dream to plant a church, to start a new community. And that's not just for you, it's for your colleagues, for your workmates, your neighbours. It's a place where people can come and find Jesus. As I've been talking and as the videos played, some of you are feeling stirred. You're feeling stirred towards church planting and I'd encourage you to take the next step of the journey, to train, to see where that goes. For others of you, it could be going on a church planting team. I met an elderly couple recently who, who came and said to me, we don't care where we go, we just feel called to go on a church plant. For others of you, it could be to support that church financially, to give towards it, to enable it to happen. For others, it could be to pray. There are so many different ways to be involved. This is an adventure for the whole movement. We cannot settle. We are a church planting movement. We are a multiplying movement. We multiply small groups. We multiply churches. Planting churches changes lives. Whatever your role, we want to invite you into this adventure as we plant churches that plant churches that plant churches. There we go. So we're going to welcome up Mark. Mads, unfortunately... Um... Little baby bee looks like she has chicken pox. So it's just Mark. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. It's, it's all good. Just not Mark. compromise. <laughs> B team up here. Wow. <laughs> that's exactly what I meant, of course. Can we, can we just address how young we look in that picture before yep. we get started as well? Mark's really proud of that. That was um, pre children. 
I said, I said, have you got a more recent photo? Nope. Okay, I'll leave that one. <laughs> um, so the, what we really just want to explore very quickly with Mark and Mad, and then Dave and Laura are going to come up, is what does, this, what does this term calling mean? What does this mean you feel called by God? And what does that actually look like as it um, outworks? So, Mark, you feel that you and Mad have been called to church plant. What does that look like? What does that mean for you? So I have, um, I've long believed that the, the local church is, is the hope for the country, that, that the local church is the way that we're going to see God break out in, in our cities and our towns. Um, and the vineyard movement was where I came to faith. It's where I said my yes to Jesus. Um, so the vineyard is, is quite special for me. Um, Ashford Vineyard, there's been 14 people say their yes to Jesus just this year. And that happened because Chris and Nick planted Ashford Vineyard eight and a half years ago. Um, the call for me was it was kind of interesting that I, I I always got excited about church plants and church planting, but I always thought it was for those like sort of special holy people. Um, and but there was something in me that whenever it got mentioned, like my heart beat a little bit faster, and I sort of leaned into the conversation a little bit more. My ears pricked up, and it, there was something about it that made me go, oh, "This is this is exciting." Um, so we we started to practically look at what that might look like in our lives um while kind of going where well, there's something about church planting let's at least sort of move towards it um and it got to about it was 2011 there was a church planting seminar that me and Mads went to and the holy spirit turned up in a way that we had rarely experienced before um there was quite a lot of crying it was it was fun um people we had a couple of a few prophetic words spoken over us about church planting and that started um, a, a journey to Ashford, really. We, we met Nick and Chris and we decided that the best thing to do would be to come and, and put ourselves under Nick and Chris and learn from them. And how has that, how has that gone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how's that gone? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you, need um, me, do, you need to, do you need me to just step out? I mean, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving down here I realised we realised that actually so we moved from uh, Trent Vineyard in Nottingham which at the time was about 1500 people went to went to Trent and we realised that we didn't know anything about church planting it's really easy in a church that size to just do the things you want to do most of your friends are in church um, so we moved down here and it was it was completely different it exposed all of our feelings of inadequacy and um, what had somehow ended happening is that I had, in the same group, I put calling and skills and ability, and they were all like the same thing in my mind. And so me and Chris spent quite a lot of time together in its early days, and I was looking at Chris and looking at the way that he was dealing with situations and, and, and planting a church and then looking at myself and feeling quite inadequate. And what that did is it, is it knocked my sense of calling so where I was thinking I can't be Chris, I thought Chris was like the church planting model. Like I thought I had, so much, this is wrong, model. this is completely Did you hear wrong. that? He called me a model. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, carry on. <laughs> can get. Sorry. Um, and so, yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't get to the model. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, um... I started to question my calling, really. And so there was, there was a long process and quite painful process of, of God saying, 
um, th th I called you to be you. I didn't call you to be Chris' version of me. Absolutely. He, he called me to be me and to plant a church. And skills and abilities are things that can be learned and tweaked, but they're not core. They're very different to core. And so, just very quickly, where are you up to now? We, uh, there's a lot of, com if you go through this process, there's a lot of conversations you have to have with a lot of people, and there's, there's um, not tests as such, there's assessments that you need to go through. Um, we are, we're in the process of going through all of those, and, and everything seems to be leading to, to, to church planting at some point. Um, the sticking point for us at the moment is we have no idea where we're going. Um, and it, it's a little bit frustrating, because it, it, it feels like we've got our bags packed, we're ready to go, we just don't know which train we're going to get on and where it's going to stop. Um, so we've, we've been living in that for quite a while now. Um, so if you, if you are the praying type, we would appreciate prayers for that. Just trying to narrow down our location. Fantastic. Round of applause for Mark. Thank you. Dave and Laura, if you'd like to come up. Welcome. Dave and Laura, this is Dave and Laura Britton. This is their photo. Just Real. one from their back catalogue that we found. <laughs> so so, so um, let's talk about calling again. This, this word, this feeling of, I think I'm supposed to be church planting. What did that look like for you? I think it looked a little bit different for both of us. So um, we um, were at another church about three, three and a half years ago. And we were, we both come to a place of... I'd say either discontent, it kind of was a bit of frustration. It was, it was more or less like, God, you are doing something within us. We don't know what this looks like. We, don't, we can't really put language to it. Um, but there is something that you want more from us. And, and, and there's more for us in terms of what you want, want us to do. Um, and yeah, I don't know whether you want to expand a bit more. Yeah, you're saying that. I've just got like a vivid memory of like spending about six or nine months of like every Sunday pulling up on our drive, letting the kids out the car and into the house and just sitting there going, ah, and just having this such complete frustration. Like, God, I just want to see so much more. I know that you've got so much more for this town and we want to be part of it. And we just don't quite know what that looks like and what is next. And uh, we then went and spoke with a guy who gave us um, a, a part of a psalm from um, Psalm 18 that talks about taking us into a spacious place. And we were like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I feel really pinned in right now. And I just feel like God is going, yeah, I want you to go and play. And yeah, we didn't quite know what that looked like. And then we ended up here. Yeah. And, and the story and really began. Spacious Ashford. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. And, and, and I'd been part of a, a vineyard church previously, um, same vineyard church actually that Mark and Mads went to, but um, previous to them. And, but that had been during my student years. And, and something had been kind of planted there within my, my spirit, like that excitement about church planting. But again, that, I, that thought of, I, no, that isn't for me. That can't be for me. That's, that's just way out there. And then I'd come back into my previous church tradition uh, in terms of ch uh, attending a church um, within uh, the Dover region. And, and, and I'd, I'd let that go. I'd let that die. And then suddenly God brings it back. And, and it's just, for, for us, it was just something that was being birthed within us. Yeah. So Mark has spoken of um, coming here um, thinking he's just going to get a few skills, pick a few things up, and then be launched into church planting. And instead, his life felt like it took a bit of a nosedive um, as 
he felt a bit deconstructed and then reconstructed by God. Um, what has that felt similar for you? Yeah, I'd say definitely. We, we came here thinking, yeah. yeah, 18 months, you know, they'll send us back, it'll be good. Um, but actually, it's been an incredible journey and it has taken us, it will be coming up four years, I think, by the time we do actually get around to doing it. Um, and God's done loads of refining. We thought we were like, yeah, there's not much you need to change. We were quite good and we're all right, you know. And yeah, that wasn't the case. And we've had some seriously big fights with God. There's been lots of tears and like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Maybe we got it wrong. But no, we haven't got it wrong. And we're really excited about what's next. And we're turning a corner and I'm excited. Yeah. So what, what is next? Where are you up to? Um, so we have uh, just come probably to the end of some of the, the formal things, the assessments, going to uh, church planting school, having loads of conversations uh, uh, with different people within the vineyard movement. And we've just about come towards the end of that now. So we're, we're more or less going, okay, we're now starting to go towards the actual church planting, not just being assessed as church planters, but actually looking to move out to do the church planting yeah, so September we went off to Bath and we started um, something called church planting school which is two residential weekends and then we have a load of webinars throughout the year as well and uh, we've got a cohort of I think about 16, 17 of us and uh, we have a WhatsApp group going and so we can touch base with each other and go how are you doing and encourage each other, cheer each other on and uh, on our last and final assessment I think it is, um, I messaged everyone and was like do we have to wear a suit or anything? <laughs> they were like, do you know Vineyard? <laughs> okay, so yeah, it was, it was good. And yeah, that's where we're at. Brilliant. So Dave and Laura are looking to go, they're going, I, I mean, I don't really know the process, but there's a bit more process to come. But basically, essentially, they will end up in Dover. Yeah. Um, that's where they feel God has called them to. And that will be all being well, as far as we can all tell. It looks like being next January. So they will sort of kind of leave here in December um, and be moving back to Dover. And, and the conversations really with these guys now are starting to look at um, that, that final descent of a plane almost, um, of just little bits of tweaking here and there. And, and actually, what's it going to look like when you actually hit the ground? And how do you finish well here? And all that, all that sort of part of the process. So um, a big round of applause for these two. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Okay, we, um, we need to wrap up in a second, but we, there is an opportunity here to respond. Now, I said right at the beginning, very clearly, that church planting really is not for everyone, and nor is it the be-all and end-all, and we really focus on it only uh, one week uh, in the year. The reason we don't focus on it more than that is because, actually, we all have a, a joy and a responsibility to bring God's kingdom, his rule, his reign, his way of doing things, his plan A, all that language, wherever we are. And there are some people for whom God specifically calls and says, I want you to go and galvanize a group of people together and see that come in and you know, grow and etc. So there may be some of you um, here who are actually feeling like, I, I, I'd quite like to church plant or I would absolutely hate to church plant, but my heart is thumping and I feel like I should explore this a bit more. Uh, I mean, if you want to speak about reluctant church planters, ask Nick and I to tell you our story. Um, it may be that you don't want to be, as they're often called, the lead couple or the number ones. Um, instead, 
um, you might want to be a number two. <laughs> or part of a team, as we like to call it, actually. Uh, it is often colloquially referred to as number ones and number twos. But you might say, well, I really don't want to be like the main people that go, but I would love to be part of a team that goes. I'm willing to up my life and move somewhere. Um, again, you might even feel like, well, I don't want to, but wow, yeah, I, just feel, I feel like this is something for me. It may be that you say, well, I, I want to commit to pray, and we would love, please, that you pray, be praying for Mark and Mads and for Dave and Laura. None of these things are particularly straightforward. And even once they go, my goodness, the adventure really is only just beginning even once they go. So it might be that you say, I want to commit to pray. And when Nick and I came and planted here, of course, you don't know anyone to be able to say, would you mind praying for us? So we had some, we sort of raised up a team at the at South End Vineyard where we were before. I think we had about 10 to 12 people. Um, and each month we would email them and say, can you please be praying for this, 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 and this? It may be that you'll be willing to do the same. And I'm sure Mark and Mads, when they go, and Dave and Laura, when they go, will probably raise some kind of team. It might be that you are willing just to put your hand in your pocket and say, well, I want to give some money towards this church plant. I remember we had someone who I hardly knew walked up to us and gave us a check for 500 quid and said, that's to bless Ashford. And, and we, hadn't, we hadn't even left. It was brilliant. We bought a projector. It was one of the first things we bought was a projector of all, of all random things because we thought we know we're going to be able to have to explain things and want to show people things and, and try, to put some, uh, try to put some visuals on the vision that we have. So before uh, Dave and Laura go, uh, next December, stroke January, before that time, we will probably have a giving day. We haven't talked about this much yet, but we'll probably have a giving day and let you all know in advance. And I know some of you are thinking, well, that's Christmas, I'll be broke. I know, but God will, God will speak to you. Um, and we want to be able to basically bring a lump of money, put it at their feet and say, take that money and go and bless Dover. Go and transform Dover. Go and bring God's plan A in Dover. Because Dover needs it, right? Okay. If you're not sure, you need to drive down to Dover. Uh, it, like, and that's not even an, a word against Dover. That's a word to speak of the hope that's coming. Because light shines brightest in darkest places, right? So you only have to drive down there and you say, wow, this needs a breakout of God's kingdom here. And there are some churches there already doing it and whatever, uh, but there's plenty of space for more big hearts that want to be down there and bring God's life. So we're going to stand and we're going to pray. Father, I pray that you will stir us to be able to respond over this. Maybe we should be planting. Maybe we should be part of a team that's planting. Maybe we could commit to pray. Maybe we could be getting ready to give financially. But I thank you for all the people who have gone before us, who have planted churches, who have started churches, who have gone to a, a new area and dared to believe that you might be up to something. I thank you for all those people who have gone before us and made a way. And God, may we as Asher Vineyard be a church that continues to make a way for other churches to be planted, for other areas to be transformed. Father God, will you please spare us of the churches of religion. We don't want to become a religious church. We don't want to plant churches that set up loads of rules. We want to be a church that brings transformation and releases churches that bring transformation, that bring your kingdom, your plan A. We thank you for your extravagant goodness and kindness and pray a particular blessing on Mark and Mads and Dave and Laura and their families. 
Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week and know just how loved you are.